Okay, so uh, questions brought up. Let's talk about a, a topic. We spoke about last time that giving instructions, which you know aren't going to be listened to, is not good chinuch, it's bad chinuch. Because if you know someone's not going to listen to you, then basically giving them, instruct, giving them the instruction is providing them the setting to learn not to listen to you. And therefore, we said last time, which has been the main point you said, if your kids are wild and they're jumping on the couch, and you know that if you're going to say, please stop jumping on the couch, it's not going to make any difference, don't say it. All you're getting by saying it is that you, they're getting used to not listening to you, and uh, that's not what you want to happen. Okay, so that's, uh, we spoke about last time, when it's not Kedai to say anything, because based on what I, I can be pretty sure the result's going to be, so why set something up where it's not going to work? It's very similar to which means there's no point setting up gzeras which people aren't going to keep up to. It's just going to make them feel that they're being niksha. And uh, same thing over here. To give instructions which you know aren't going to get listened to is pretty much a waste of time as far as chiluch goes because you're just setting up a situation where you're causing them to be niksha and then they're not going to do it. Then they think that they, they don't have to listen. So what's the right way to give instructions? So the first point I'm going to discuss again, we've discussed this many times, and it's a double portion, that when a person thinks about a child, so it's true that as far as maybe their physical development goes, or maybe as far as their understanding and intellectual development goes, so they have a long way to go until they become adults and can do things an adult can do and understand things that an adult can understand. But as far as their emotional development goes, they're not that different. And therefore, the way a child will react to something and how he'll feel about it is pretty much the same way an adult's going to think about it or feel about it. Like I said, when it comes to trying to rationalize something or understand it, maybe they haven't, their mind isn't developed enough, but their midness and their feelings are. And if that's the case... When it comes to thinking, how's a child going to react to something, or how's he going to think, or how's he going to feel? In a case like that, it, as a, maybe are some exceptions, but as a working rule, assume exactly the, face, exactly the same way you would feel as an adult. It doesn't change so much. And therefore, if you want to know, so what's the right way to, to give orders, or to give instructions to children? It's not very different to the, what you're going to say, it's the right way to give instructions to adults. As far as a person who is receiving a, a list of what to do, Ba'atim is affecting his midas. In other words, how does he feel about what he's being instructed to do? And on that level, there isn't such a difference. Which means, uh, let's say, three basic points, which is Pashat, even though there are parents who think contrary, but I think it's just a mistake. The first one is, nobody likes being given orders as a command. Like a dictator would give, you better do this or else. Uh, it makes a person resent the fact that he's been told, and he might not be able to do anything because he's scared of the or else, but it definitely doesn't make for co- happy cooperation. And like I said, it's the way that a dictator who has force can say, you better listen to me, or else I have my army, I have my secret police, I have whatever way I can have to punish. That's not a way which, is going, which anybody likes to be told what to do. It doesn't make a difference if you're, if you're a younger man and the Rosh Kodal tells you, you better do this or else you're at the Kodal. It's using that same technique which no one likes. Or you're the parent and tell your kid, you better do this or else. It's going to have the same effect. Which means the fact that a person naturally resists being forced to do what he doesn't want to do, and you only make me do it because you're threatening me, and therefore I have no choice, like I said, doesn't make for cooperation. I might get compliance. I might get him to listen to me, but definitely not to cooperate with me. And therefore it's not going to make for a good relationship, and definitely it's not going to cause a good chinuch. Uh, but uh, the, somebody who's using... Uh, threats or 
dictatorship as a way to get what they want isn't normally interesting in Chinuch. They just want to get what they want done. And therefore, the, 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 the most expedient way to get what you want is to, uh, is to threaten somebody enough that they're scared enough to listen. It means they don't want to. It doesn't mean that you, uh, it's not involving their Bechira too much. It's just it's using the fact that um, they're scared not to. And therefore, parents often resort to that as a, the, the easiest way to get results, but it's the worst way to do Al-Pechira. Uh, we all heard stories of the parents who like yells at their kid, if you don't get into bed now, I'm going to uh, whatever punishment it's going to be. So again, you're not going to get cooperation that way. You're going to get compliance. Because the child's scared enough and you scream hard loud or threaten enough or scream enough, they're scared enough that they'll do it. But it's not the, it's not the way to cause to make for a good chinuch. And like I said, it has a short-term result because like any case, if you have a dictator and he, and he warns you, you better do this or I'm going to come and uh, put you in jail or I'm going to kill you, whatever it's going to be, you'll do it. But the, the long-term result of a dictatorship is people look for the first opportunity to escape. And if they can, they will, because no one likes being in a dictatorship. And the same is going to happen to children. They're three-year-olds or four-year-olds, they can't escape yet, but they're waiting for the chance that they can. And that same attitude, if that's the way parents do with their kids, at three and at four and at six and at eight and at ten and at twelve, then when they get to whatever age they can escape, they will. Because, like I said, you, you, maybe you can control somebody while they're in your authority, while you've trapped them in their situation where they can't run away from, but their natural reaction of a person, that is, they look to run away. Yeah. No, that's not a threat. That's what I'm going to do. The threat is I'm making you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story. I was uh, once once Kofaz in England. So uh, the the England has a rule that uh, they have a, they have a shit in life that you have to be fair. So they have a shit there that therefore the police can't carry guns. Because since it's illegal for the criminals to carry guns, if the police would carry guns, it would be unfair. So the police don't carry guns either. So one time I was talking to a policeman, and I asked him, like, so how do you enforce law without a gun? So he said to me, if you wanted to cross now the, the street by the red light, I would tell you to stop. And I said, and or else? I said, or else? I'll say, stop again. So that's not a threat. Right, you there's a moment of conversation. I can't say it was the right accent, but that was always the conversation. Stop, or I'll say stop again. So if I'm telling you, if you don't go for cash, I'm going to take it for cash. It's not a threat. I'm just going to do it. The threat is I'm going to scare you that if you don't, you're going to get punished. And then you're forcing me because I don't want to. I'm just scared of the punishment. Okay, so that's a. That's. A, what? So that's not the right way to go. And like I said, that has the worst long term results. That has the lowest long-term results. And the second, uh, if you call that uh, the dictatorship model, the second model is slightly better, slightly less effective in the short term, but slightly less destructive in the long term. And that's what we call uh, the model of, uh, like, uh, the model of how a monarch or a king would speak. And that is, I'm not coming to threaten you with dire punishment, but just get into your mind. You have to listen to me. So I don't, have to tell, I don't have to say more than just tell you, you have to listen. That's, uh, that's the way it is. And if I tell you to do something, you have to listen. And uh, people that take that approach, or like, like I said, the king approach, that if I say something, it has to be obeyed. So then it depends on the person. If there's somebody who really respects the person who's talking, then they will. You don't have to say any more. They will. You don't have to threaten. 
if you really respect the person who's talking and they say something, you'll obey them. Because you consider them the king who deserves to be obeyed, and you'll listen. And that's the way Be'etzim, every godl, every rabbi, that's the way it works. The rabbi said, of course I'm going to listen. Does he have to ask me, does he have to explain to me and discuss it with me? No, because I respect him enough that if he said, uh, no questions asked, I'll listen. He also doesn't need to threaten. Because you don't need the threat, you're not talking about a dictator, you're talking about a melech. And a melech is somebody who has enough authority or enough esteem that people will listen to him just because he said it. If that's the case, then it's fine. Then it's fine. If, some, if you trust somebody enough and you look up to them enough, that because they said that's enough reason to do, so then it doesn't gen- generate a feeling of resistance. I'm happy to listen. And I just gave the Reb as a good example, but it can happen in any society. If a person would go to a godl and the godl told him, do this, he'll do it. He doesn't have to cross-interrogate why and maybe you're wrong and why should I and I don't want to. If you respect somebody enough, then you listen to them. You listen to them because you consider them to be right. That's only if the trust and care is already there. Yes, of course. That's what I'm saying. If, if, you, already get, if you already have that, back, that, that in the base, background, and that is that the relationship is one that you looked up to and you respected enough and you're allowed on enough, that people are going to listen to you. No questions asked. So then, okay. Then I can tell people to do things. And it's not going to be a negative thing because... That's, their, that, that's what they want to do as well. There's a beautiful story. I heard about the Imre Amis, the Gera Rebbe. He, su- he survived the Second World War by himself. His wife and all his children, not all, but the wife and some, a lot of his children were killed in Europe. He came to Eretz Israel. He was the oldest Hasidish Rebbe at the time. But Lemaise, he, he had no family. So he was really in his late 70s. So he's looking to remarry. So of course... All the Gabayim and Askanim looking for a shidduch appropriate for the Gerebbe. And in Chasidish style, the ones that agreed who would be a good person or a good candidate, so they were going to have a half hour meeting before they declared the, you know, announced the engagement. Okay, set it up. So they bring the, the lady into the Rebbe's office and she sits across from him for half an hour and the Rebbe keeps quiet, doesn't say a word. And she's definitely not going to say anything. So just listen, it's quiet. So just before the meeting's up, at the end of the half an hour, the Rebbe says to her, I want you to know one thing about me. And that is, I try to talk very little. And then he thought they had to explain himself. He said, I know that I have chassidim who are willing to kill themselves for any word I say. So I try myself not to talk too much. And that's exactly the point. If, if you know that people are going to listen to you because of who you are, so then of course, you're not forcing them, they want to. Then you have to be careful what you say, obviously. But if, that, if that's the background to the relationship, which means that someone you respect somebody enough, you don't ask questions, you listen. That's how a king works. A king doesn't have to come with threats of punishment. That's, that's a dictator. A king comes with, with the authority that people respect him. And therefore, if that's the case, so then you can say, please do this, or whatever it's going to be, and people will listen because you said it. And then it's not a bad thing. That's where Gdolim work, that's whatever it is. They don't have an army. No one's forcing you to listen, but you respect them enough that if they say something, you listen to them. If that's the relationship that a parent has with his children, that's great. That's great. Except, that, and then you, if that's the case, if you ask them to do something, they will, just because you said so. And it's not a negative thing, because they respect you enough, except, and that's, that's why I brought this to the Emirates, the parent has to be careful, don't abuse the power. Be careful. If, you, if you're going to listen to it because you respect it, then make sure that you, you're not going to overuse or abuse that, that, that koyach that you have and people listen to you because they respect you. So, if that's the case, and that's pretty much, uh, that, well, I would call that the ideal case. 
Because that's what the Torah wants. If the Torah says, Kavit is Savicha, Simecha, the Kavit means I respect them enough that I'll listen to them. And that's what the Gemara's examples are. The Gemara's examples of Kibbutah, you listen to what they tell you. And why would I listen? Because of the respect. Now, how, how a person brings their children to that stage, they respect them. We'll still talk about it at a later stage, because they're talking about older children. Normally, little children aren't, aren't, aren't holding by that stage yet. So, for an older child, who Taker respects his father, and his father says, please do this or please do that, I don't have to say more than that, they'll do it. But uh, if you're talking about little children who the concept of respect is still too mature for them, they aren't holding by that. So, then norm- sometimes it works. Because just the fact that Abba said or Tati said whatever it's going to be, that's enough of a reason to listen. Sometimes it doesn't work. So if it works, then it's fine. That's, that's, that, that I'm not threatening them, I ask them and they do it because I said so. That's, 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 that's no problem with that. As long as it's not overused. But then we get to the third category. Not, not an instruction given as a dictator, which like I said is negative. Not an instruction given from a point of respect, which if you have it, it's, it's fine. But it's in the case where that isn't there or children are still too young to appreciate that so then there's a third point and then the third way is that well, I'm not going to give orders or commands whatever it's going to be rather I'm going to tell someone what I want them to do with the understanding that this is what's, uh, that it's good for you to do it and therefore I'm going to say I want you to go to bed now or you'll be too tired tomorrow I want you to get ready now or you're going to, you're going to be late for going I want you to pack away your toes or they're going to get lost. And then I'm giving them the reason. Now, the Nakoda in that is, is that it doesn't make a difference if at this stage they're agreeing with me about the reason or not. It's, but in other words, they might think that, no, if I go to bed late, an hour late, I'll still get up in time. I won't be tired tomorrow. Which is naturally what someone's going to say back. Right? But uh, the, the, the mile is that I'm not forcing you. I'm not forcing you. I didn't say, you better do it or I'm going to punish you. I said clearly that it's, uh, there's a reason why uh, this is good for you, and that's I'm doing it. I'm doing it because there's a good reason that it's good for you. The matter in that, even by again, like I said, if you're trying to say how does a person relate to being told what to do, so let's talk about ourselves. We said children answer different, different from adults in that regard. The matter is, if someone's telling you something because of logical consequence, so you might not agree, but you don't feel the same way of indignant that you're forcing me to do what I don't want to do. You might not agree with them. That could be. But the the query is, I'm explaining to you that I'm doing this because I have a good reason for it. I'm trying to do something because I understand why it's a good thing to do. Now, if that's the case, so does that um, that mean that because you've explained why you want this, the children are going to naturally get up and do it? No, often not. But it's the same thing. If someone tell you, well, they think you should do something and they give you the reason why they think it's a good idea, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to, on the spot, get up and do it either. But at least it comes from a point of you're not a dictator. You're not a dictator. You're not telling me I have to or else. You're telling me that you have a reason why you think I should do it, and I can I can I can appreciate that. I might not agree with the reason, but I, I can appreciate where it's coming from. Okay, so now what do we do the next step? But the first step is therefore when I say something and I can't with an explanation. I said I'd like you to do this because this is the reason. Now sometimes the reason could be because that's what we need to do to make the house run. In other words, if I want them to do something to help in the house, well, why should I? The answer is because if we're in a house around, everyone needs to help. So that's what you need to do to make the house run. And you can always give examples. Just like you want uh, mommy to cook food tomorrow night, why shouldn't she? Because that's what she needs to do, that everyone has food to eat. So we need you to, to, to take the place of, to, do, to clean up, to do this, to do that, whatever it's going to be. That's what we do. It doesn't need to be 
a, uh, you don't have to get into a machlokus about the londus. The fact is there's a reason. That's part of a system. That's how it works. When you, get, when you finish playing, you put all your toes. I could say they're going to get broken, they're going to get lost. I could say because the baby can choke on them. I could say simply because that's what we do. When you finish playing, we clean up. When you finish doing things, you put them away. That's the way it is. That's again, it's not coming across as an order which you have to listen to whether you don't like to. It comes across as something which is, uh, for you understand, or you meant to understand, is something you meant to do. What have you gained with that? Like I said, in the short run, you're going to get less compliance. But in the long run, you're going to get less rebellion. Like I said, compliance means a person will just do it. So if I say, put away your toes because otherwise they're going to get lost, it's less likely you will than if I yell at him, if you don't put away your toes now, I'm going to do whatever. So I might get more compliance by being the dictator, but like I said, it generates more resentment and eventually end up in more rebellion. Whereas if it's not, it comes across as, listen, it's very straightforward. This is what you need to do because whatever reason. So maybe they won't listen right now, but at least I'm not building up that store of resentment against the dictator who's forcing me to do what I don't want to do. Okay, so that's the first point. So the, the, the easiest way, therefore, for little children, if you don't have that natural respect to give instructions, is just, like we said, very matter of fact. You have to do this for that. It's very simple. If you don't do this, then this is what's going to happen. Not me punishing you, it's a consequence. And therefore, it's, it's kadai for you to, 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 to brush your teeth, to go to bed, to get up, to get dressed, whatever, to, whatever is necessary to do, because that's what you need to do. And if they don't. And if they don't. So like we said this before once, I'm going to repeat it again. The best, the best Nakura then is, so if you're not, then the consequences of what I told you is going to happen. I'm not punishing you. I'm not threatening you. I told you this is the consequence and you didn't do it. So this is going to be the consequence. So if you, I warned you that if you don't tell your toys, your toys are going to get lost. And then if, okay, obviously it depends what the toy is. But if it's something which... I want my child to learn the lesson. Let it get lost. He'll learn. I told you last time. You see that? You're, that's how you got lost because you didn't put it away. Now you've learned. That's what happens. You don't put things away. He does, he does, and that's not the point. It's just, that's what happens. And uh, so another thing is, you have to do that. You have to think what you're going to say. So I tell my, I tell my kids at night, listen, you, I want you to go to bed because if you don't go to bed, you're, going to get, you're, going to be, you're not going to get up on time in the morning, and then you won't have a chance to have a cup of cocoa milk before you go to school. Now, that's a very, it's not a threat, it's a consequence. If you don't get up on time, you won't have a chance to have a cup of cocoa before you go to uh, chocolate before you go to school. So they don't get up on time. So they'll wake up late, and they wanted the cocoa cup. And it wasn't a punishment, you did it to yourself. It was the consequence. Or whatever else the consequence is going to be. And then it's coming across as very straightforward. The, the rules are there for reasons. It's for you. And if you don't keep it, then this is what's going to happen next. So like, one bit at a time, like, let's say for example, my kid, he, um, yeah, that's why that's not a good example because that's something abstract which you can't really relate to. To say if you're going to bed, you're going to be tired. He is, he isn't. How are you going to prove to me he's not? Right, so, like, so, not so the, so not a, the consequence has to be something like I said. That if you're going to get, go to bed late, you're going to get up late. If you're going to get up late, you won't have time to do this before you go to bed. So how would you tell a three? How do you get a three to go to bed? The first thing you do is, like I told you, 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 you tell him that what the consequence is going to be. So what's the consequence? What does he have for breakfast in the morning? But he, but he wakes up, he either wakes up at 7 o'clock, regardless of whether he goes to sleep at 8 or 7.30 or 7 or 8.30. Okay, so maybe he doesn't need so much sleep. That's a different question. No, but I'm saying it, it, it's obvious when the kid is cranky the next day that he needs to need, 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 need a lot of sleep. 
Okay, so you have to find in the circumstances to, to work on the to work on the case. But the the, the first issue has to be <laughs> the first issue has to be something which you can understand. This is what happens. Or like, now, like he likes to go to like he, he enjoys staying home with his mother. Like can't be like if you're not if you're, you don't get dressed, you're you're, you're not able to go you're go to Galilee. He'll be like, I want to stay home with Ima and hang out with Ima. No, you don't say that. Offer for car, you don't offer a reward. You gotta go to Galilee pajamas. You gotta find to get dressed. And actually bring him pajamas in person? Yeah, I still have to take him downstairs like that. He'll have learned to listen. You can take him back up and dress him. Then you have to walk back up. Okay, that's worth it. But it's, uh, that's the second. Now, that's the second stage. The third stage, it's the last point, and that is that sometimes that also doesn't work. Sometimes that also doesn't work. Now, like we said either the kid's wild or he's not listening or whatever, he's not cooperative. And then we, it doesn't make a difference if you say he's not going to listen. So then I said, that's what he said last time also. It's more of an elaboration. And that is, it's more kadai to just step in and do it yourself what you want than to, than to resort to being the dictator and, and screaming and, th- and threatening or whatever else. And do it yourself is just to pick them up and put them in bed and sit next to them and hold them in the bed. Not with force, not with aggression. It's very simple. Just do it. If you want something done and the kid's still small enough, do it yourself. Do it yourself. And then, uh, again, this doesn't work for older kids. Obviously, we're not talking about older kids. We're talking about little kids now. But for little kids, just do it. Uh, if I look at someone go to bed, so pick them up, wish them good night, put them in the bed, and sit down on the bed next to them, hold their hand, and, and, and have enough time to calm down, they'll fall asleep. Like, like, it's, it's not about, it's not about like, actually getting the kid to go to bed, because that's very easy to do, but it's more about all the things that are necessary to get to bed, getting in the bath, getting up, getting, so you, all these you, things. You, you do it with them. So come, we're now going to get you into pajamas. So we're going to go do it together. You know, as I said, to ask when you're not going to listen to it doesn't really help. If I think I'm going to listen to it, I can suggest it and I can explain why I think it's good. And if I see it's not working, I'll just do it. So we're now doing this and we're going to go together and do it. It's not, it's, 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 it, doesn't have the, it doesn't generate resistance. It's just, we, let's go do it. Now we're going to do it together. That's the, the answer for younger kids. For older kids, it doesn't work, obviously. You can't make them do things by force. But now it becomes a question of what age are you, where, where your kids holding. So there's two options here. Again, if you get to the, the stage that okay, your child respects you, so that's always a good thing. If not, so then the, op- the, the option of threats is, like I said, never good. The other option to use, and that's what's, what everybody uses naturally, but it makes the most sense, is some kind of incentive. It's some kind of incentive, and whatever the incentive is going to be, as a way that you make the child want to do something, which isn't a bad thing to do, because it's under- based on understanding that if the Rambam writes in Shwana Prokim, that even if someone doesn't have the dice to understand the reason you want to do to do it, so give him a reason why he wants to do it. And at the end of the day, you've got compliance. He's going to listen to you and without the, without the feeling of resentment. It's not like you're forcing him. And therefore, you want him to go to bed on time because it makes your life easier or because you think he'll be better the next day for it. I'm talking about older child. They don't appreciate that. So if they start the age where rules are rules, that's the way it has to work. We just have to listen. Not, not with force not with threats just okay you know, the bedtime's 8 o'clock look it's 5 to 8 so we have to it's, uh, bedtime's 8 o'clock we have to hurry up if, if they, they, they accept it and that's fine then the, 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 it's, in, it's, it's a fact of life if you're going to call it they accept it too bad so what can we do about it and if that doesn't work then you have to make an incentive an incentive has to be something that, it's, that it makes it worthwhile for the child and it makes it worthwhile for you to offer it because you get what you want you, you get him to do what you want even if it's not your reason Obviously, the, the point of every incentive, like if it's Ross right, that's posh it, is that incentive has to be worth, more worth it to him than what he would do without the incentive. And therefore, something which uh, it's more worth it for him not to get the incentive, 
so then you haven't given him anything that he would want to, want, want, want to make him change. If you want to offer an incentive or something, it has to be something which is kedai for him. It's kedai for him enough that it's worth giving this up in order to get that. And therefore, the the the, the, the logical corollary to that is, it has to be something which is in the near enough future that uh, that the child can feel it's worth it for me. In other words, uh, to make a star chart and say, if you go to bed on time for the next hundred nights, I'm going to buy you a back. Is unlikely to work for most children because it's far, way too far away. And also they feel like it's 100 is such a big number. They don't lose so much. So if it's not enough, it's tomorrow night, it's 101 nights, 102 nights. The, the difference is inconsequential. If you make it something smaller, but if it's every night this week in a row, ah, then it's something which is much smaller. And then it's something which is therefore there's more of a reason to do it. And therefore if I'm going to offer incentive, the chachma of incentive is something which it doesn't have to be the most expensive thing, but it has to be something which is worthwhile enough that it's not worth the child not doing it now. It's worthwhile enough, it's not worth the child not doing it now. And if that's the case, so then that's the reason why, if you tell them that it's not, it's not, now, now's the time, it's, it's up to you, it'll be worth it for them to listen. That's the starting point. There are obviously certain personalities which are different to that. There are people who, by nature, are very obstinate or react when anybody tells them to do anything. We'll still talk about them in a different vibe. But at least for most people, this is normally the Mahalach, which is one which has the longest, the long-term success, even short term, it doesn't have the same effect, like we said, but it's not worth risking the rebellion later for the compliance now.